Chargers general manager Tom Telesco took some of the blame for the defensive struggles in 2021, but could the depth have actually helped the Chargers this year? You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for almost six seasons, doing our own Facebook live show to start Chargers Domination Live. Now we're going on our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Well, what a weekend of football, guys. I mean, that was a crazy, crazy playoff weekend. But thank you guys for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss a show, subscribe to the new Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But we do want to talk about the end of the at Tom Telesco press conference there, or at least the defensive side of things. Because last week we talked about Justin Herbert, Brian Staley's decision-making, Mike Williams, and some of those other guys. But we didn't get to talk about Tom Telesco saying that the Chargers had a good depth basically last year and that the depth helped them he also talked about you know maybe the transition from brandon staley's defense you know from gus bradley's defense wasn't as seamless as he thought it would be maybe putting some blame on brandon staley not getting his defense installed correctly so that was some shade there and we also had to talk about what he had to say about individual players like uchen and wosu and jerry tillery who are in very different situations once in a contract year and also a couple of struggling players that will be back like kenneth murray and also Michael Davis, too, who he expects big leaps from. But we have to start with depth, David, because that's something that really, you know, because I saw that he said that he took the blame defensively, and I was like, okay, you know, that makes sense just because, like, personnel has to at least be a part of the problem if you're the worst defense in the NFL. You know, not the worst, but bottom five in the league. Yeah, Yeah. bottom five in the league defense. There have to be obviously other problems, especially if you have Joey Bosa, and you also have Derwin James, two players yeah. that, you know, all pro players when they're at their best. And it was just crazy to hear him say that he thought that the defense was actually a strength and actually helped them later on in the, the season, depth, David. Yeah. I mean, the depth, yeah. I mean, that's just something that's crazy because we, I mean, braved about the depth. We knew the personnel was a problem. We knew those positions were a problem. And so to say on the overall football team, I don't see a depth issue to me. The depth helped us get to where we were in mid-December to be where we were with this football team. I mean, I just thought that was a little surprising to hear. Yeah, definitely surprising to hear. But, I mean, he's the general manager, and he's going to try to make it look as decent as he possibly could. But I think if you look at every area where the depth really came into play for the Chargers this year, uh, you would not see the results that you want. I mean, you saw a lot of injuries and attrition in the secondary, you know, you had guys like Trey Marshall that had to come into play, a lot of Tavon Campbell that had to come into play. Those guys got targeted a lot, and they got abused a lot. Uh, you looked at some of the guys that were rotating in on the offensive line. Uh, I mean, the, yeah. the one time they had to sub in for Matt Filer, uh, it was an absolute disaster. So I just think, you know, and of course the backup running back situation. So when you talk about the depth being an asset to the team, I think the only thing you can really cling on is saying, hey, you know, our right tackle missed pretty much the entire year and Storm Norton, the backup, had to come in and play and at least kept us competitive. I think that's the only thing you can really put on your calling card when you're talking about depth actually being an asset when it comes to the Chargers this year. Yeah, and I think if you were asking Brandon Staley, you'd probably be like, yeah, well, the defense with what I was dealing with gave us a chance to win, right? And Storm Norton gave us a chance to win. 
something along those lines. But what you're saying is true because those dudes were repeatedly targeted, right? Tavon Campbell, when he was in there, was targeted. When yeah. you had those other guys missing along the defensive line, when Justin Jones goes out early in the season, the Chargers are getting run on 180 yards Gashed. per game. Totally. So I think that you saw that the entire season. And I think there's also some questions about the starting talent that you have as well, David, because even when we saw this team healthy, which was you know healthier than most seasons, the timing for guys missing was obviously a little weirder. And Brandon Staley talked about that because you're missing guys in the front and in the secondary at the same time. But still, those guys coming in, the Trey Marshalls, the Tavon Campbells, all of those guys still ended up getting exposed when they were out there. And so did Chris Harris Jr., right? So yeah. did Kenneth Murray. So I think that's the other thing is, yeah, Kenneth Murray wasn't starting by the end of the season, but there was also some top-end you know, talent issues as well when the guys that you do have on the field when everyone is healthy are also getting exposed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, you, you look at every level, you have guys that you like at every level. I, I think you, you you like what you got out of Justin Jones. You like what you got out of Kaiser White. I don't know if you were expecting that level of play this year, which that's encouraging. Obviously, yeah. you love the fact that Derwin James was out, was out there and he played as well as he did when he was available. Asante Samuel Jr. looked pretty good as a rookie. But then you look at some of the, the teams that are perennially winning lots of football games that are in the playoffs. They don't have just one guy at every level. They have multiple guys, and they have quality defenders that can come in when they're rotating as well. That, I think, is the big difference between where the Chargers currently are and some of these other teams that are finding themselves in the playoffs year in and year out. Yeah, and on tomorrow's show, too, we'll get a little into that just as far as what the Chargers can take away from what these playoff teams are doing well, how important the special teams, right? Having good players on your defensive front. So we'll get into that, including some free agents charged could potentially target from those playoff teams on tomorrow's show. But yeah, I mean, the the starting defense, the talent just wasn't enough because there were just too many issues that even the guys that you were good with going into the season were not good enough when they were out on the field. And there was just right. too much of that. And obviously that happens when you're, you know, 27th or whatever in scoring defense for the season and you're just as bad as the Chargers defense was. But there's still a solid foundation if you can bring the right guys back. I mean, Justin Jones, three sacks, a career high was nice to see. Kazir White obviously was really good. And the Chargers have the you know potential to really improve on this side of the ball. And I think, especially with what you've seen in the playoffs, you just need impact players defensively and guys that can make plays because sometimes yeah. offenses are going to be so good that you're just going to have to make a couple of handfuls of plays per game and just hope that your offense can keep up. And I think that's part of the big thing there, David. And he was talking about the run defense as well because Brandon Staley did say that, you know, he was the front of his priorities for this offseason was improving the defensive front. And yeah. what Tom Telesco had to say about that is we weren't consistent enough by any means. We have to take a look at that and we have to be better. Run defense is very important. Can't be bottom five in anything, right? But when he was talking about why the defense struggled so much, he didn't want to talk about the, you know, the personnel. He wanted to talk about the transition. And he said it was more the transition. I thought the transition would be more seamless and quicker than it was. I actually thought it would take much longer for the offense than it would the defense. That's kind of how it worked out. So that, I thought that was kind of like, okay, so it wasn't the players that you drafted that were the problem then. It was the coaches not being able to coach up the players well enough by the time they got to the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, a little bit of a cop out there because the general manager's job is to get the type of players that are going to fit in the systems that the coaches are bringing in. And, and, you know, both of these systems on offense and on defense for the Chargers are a lot more multiple than the systems that were used here in the past. The Joe Lombardi, the Saint-centric offense, 
that is obviously a lot more complicated. There's a lot more checks, a lot more different plays that are built in, a lot more freedoms. Uh, it's just a much larger playbook. And on the defensive side, there's a lot more different techniques that Brandon Staley is asking his players to learn and to master and to go out there and execute than you know, some of the cover three schemes that Gus Bradley had deployed the last several years, he was here as the Chargers defensive coordinator. So um, is it, you know, is it fair to say that you could see some progression from these guys as they're in these systems for another year? Absolutely. I I think that's definitely fair to say. Um, But, you know, again, these guys are professionals, right? So they have to go out there and they have to get this stuff down. And, you know, they, the Chargers coaching staff, did their best to try to install these things like immediately as soon as they got in front of players. But I mean, again, this is uh, this is the NFL and these are very, very complicated systems to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And he did say that he thought a lot of players were going to make a big jump going into year two. But the thing is, is other players under Brandon Staley, when he was a defense coordinator for the Rams, obviously didn't have that much of a trouble, you know, picking this up. Right. And they had yeah. guys like John Johnson, some other players, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, maybe those guys made it better for what he wants to do specifically, but they were the number one defense in the league, so they didn't have a lot of problems with it. What he did say is they weren't losing guys at the same time on the front and in the secondary, which who's coming in for those guys? The depth, right? But I think the one encouraging thing is with Brandon Staley, we've seen a shift to go more with what Brandon Staley wants in the offseason from Tom Telesco, right? And we've seen how much of an impact the coaches had on the free agent acquisitions. And last year, if that's anything to go off, it's going in the right direction at the very And it's least. exciting, right? You're like, yeah. man, you, you like the type of players that they brought in in, in the offseason. They were, they were impactful. So if they do that on the defensive side, I think you got to feel pretty excited for what's to come. Exactly, and that's what Brandon Staley was talking about, and I appreciated that. At least, you know, he thought about that and said, hey, we were kind of like this on offense last year, and yeah. we took care of that. And making sure Justin Herbert didn't regress was at the top of the list of things he had to do. Now I'm he sure has to forward up everything did not else. regress. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, that's the thing with Brandon Staley, too. He's also like, we want to be bigger than you, you know, in certain areas yeah. and stronger than you and tougher than you, whatever. But, like, Tom Tulesky said in his press conference himself, he's like, yeah, I, you know, I'd rather focus on the edge rushers and the coverage guys because basically I think that's more important. But I do know you have to be able to stop the run to get into those situations to let those guys succeed. So hopefully we saw, you know, last year the offensive in the trenches guys, you know, got paid by the Chargers and drafted highly like Rashawn Slater. Building from the inside out instead of the outside in. Right, and we know he likes the skill players. And, you know, as we've also seen this playoffs, you need a lot of skill players as well that can be explosive, and the Chargers definitely need that. But he did talk about some of the guys that were coming back and some contract guys, including Chenna and Wosu, where after you hear his comments on him, it's hard to imagine he's not going to be returning to the Chargers after this season with what he had to say, because that's definitely, I mean, if, if it's up to Tom Telesco, who it is, I think Ochen is coming back after this. But we'll get into those comments and the comments about Jerry Tillery coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar and the thing that's been helping me with my New Year's resolutions, and that is Built Bar. And I mean, what I love about Built Bar, first of all, is that they taste great. Because for me, if it doesn't taste good, I'm not going to eat it. So, Get the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with Built Bar and find something that's going to be that secret treat in the middle of your day to help you get through that tastes great while also getting all the health benefits of the best protein bar on the planet, meaning a ton of protein, high in fiber while low on sugar and low on net carbs. And there's so many great flavors to choose from. I mean, there's so many like salted caramel, you go cherry barcia, you can go mint brownie, coconut almond, or you go with some of my favorites, cookies and cream, 
peanut butter brownie, so many flavors. And you can get a mix box where they'll send you all of the different flavors so you can find out which one is your favorite. Since you guys listen to the show, you can even save some money on Built Bars because you go to Built.com. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word to save money on the best protein bar on the planet at Built.com. All right, David, we have more of Tom Telesco's press conference to get into here because it wasn't just him talking about the defense and underperforming potentially and overestimating you know, what he had there, but it was also some players that maybe you didn't see the development of. And that's the thing is the Chargers in the past have, you know, maybe put too much stock into, oh, hey, well, these guys that we have, even though they weren't good enough this year, by the time next year rolls around, they'll have developed and they'll be good enough so we don't have to worry about that position. And one of the guys that I think is kind of in that is Jerry Tillery. And when you heard, you know, Tom Twesco talk about him, him and Brandon Sale were kind of saying the same thing. Like, he didn't really get a true rookie season. It was basically a medical redshirt season. His second season, he got to play a little bit, but they were playing him at edge, right? And he was in Gus Bradley's system. And now he comes into Brandon Staley's system and has a career high in sacks, does, you know, some good things, but obviously struggled mightily in the running game. But one thing that Tom Telesco said is just that everyone's not like Rashawn Slater. They don't all come out of the package as all pro players and that they're all coming along at their own different pace. And so I guess it's just, David, now how much can you trust that Jerry Tillery is going to improve enough to make you feel better about what you have at defensive tackle right now? Well, I think the same thing about Jerry Tillery has rang true his entire career. The biggest issue with Jerry Tillery is the consistency that has been the entire thing with him since his college days. You've seen and run defense spurts. specifically too. Yeah, yeah, and run defense specifically. You saw some spurts of greatness. I think you saw some reps this year where he was that physical, long, abusive type of player that you were looking for on the inside. And then you see him get ragdolled a couple of different times. And that's the biggest frustration with him is I think this year he got closer to having the NFL type body that he needs. I th- still think he needs to add a little bit more weight. Um, to be a little bit more functional in the running game. But uh, that's been the problem with Jerry. It's, it's been the consistency. He just needs to be a more consistent player going into this next year. And that's why I think when we're talking about if we want to continue the relationship, the business relationship with Jerry Tillery, that's the biggest question you have to ask yourself. Do we think he has the aptitude to really bring that consistent effort, play in and play out? Yeah, I mean, because you do have the moments, you know, with Travis Martin or, or, you know, from the Cowboys where he's just Zach Martin, where he's just picking him up and just tossing him out of the way. Right. Right. Like you see and like nobody does that to that dude. But then he's getting driven back by the right tackle, the third string right tackle. Yeah, Terrence Steele. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the perfect embodiment in the same game. But the other thing is, too, is, I mean, Brandon Staley said specifically, like, him and being more consistent in the run game specifically is what's going to define him as a player. And he said that, you know, yeah. he knows who he is as a player now, and now that's going to help him going forward. And I can understand some of the learning curve of going into this year in a new defense. And yeah. he's also gotten better every season. It's just not been a monumental step and that's what they need there. But I think we put a, you know, a little bit too much on him because he really is their best interior pass rusher. I mean, he gets the most chances at it for sure, but like, yeah. When you look at it, it's crazy. I mean, this year he had four and a half sacks. The rest of the Chargers' defensive tackles had five, right? So he had almost as much as the between rest. I mean, like of four team. four guys. Yeah, that's that's not enough. Yeah, between Covington and Limbaugh Joseph and Justin Jones, and that's with Justin Jones three, you know? And yeah. so, like, but in the last three years, since Jerry Tillery got drafted, right, Jerry Tillery has nine and a half sacks in three seasons. 
The rest of the team over those three seasons has eight. He wow. literally in the more last three seasons has one and a half more sacks than the rest of the defensive tackles on the Chargers combined. When you take his out of the equation. That is a snapshot of futility that you do not want associated with your football team. Right. So I think it's just, if you had more talent up front, not only would I think it help him get him more situations where you can't double team him and stuff. Not that he's, you know, garnering a ton of double teams and pass rushing situations. Right. But being around more talented players makes you better as well. And having Absolutely. better defensive linemen helps you, your linebackers make tackles and then the run stop percentage and things like that go up. So it, it does all go hand in hand, David. But I think that's the thing with Jerry Tillery is with or without, I mean, even if he takes a big step, you still need so much more out of that position outside of him as well. And that's the yeah. depth and the starting talent as well. And three of the four guys, your top guys last year, Cortez Broughton, or not Cortez Broughton. <laughs> uh, so you have uh, Justin Jones is heading into free agency. You have mm-hmm. Limbaugh Joseph heading into free agency. And you have Christian Covington heading into free agency. That's three of your top four snaps as far as defensive tackles this year. So are they going to bring those guys back? Or are they going to add new talent to that position hopefully the latter yeah hopefully the latter they need to add some more ability they need to add some more pass rush i I think i've been i've said it multiple times if if they can get a consistent interior uh, pass rusher that's going to make this defense that much more dynamic i mean you if you get an interior presence with joey bosa on one side chenna and hopefully another pass rusher mixed in that is going to be a lot more dynamic and a lot more dangerous yeah and i mean We'll see if Uchenna comes back, right? Because he's another guy who's going to be a free agent as well. So, I mean, we're talking about him as he's back. But it's a lot of the reason because, or a lot of the reason for that is because this is what Tom Twesco had to say about him in his end of year press conference. Love Chenna. It doesn't matter what scheme you have, he's going to produce. He's a playmaker. He was a playmaker in college. He's a playmaker for us. We also talked about, you know, making the play on Lamar Jackson in the playoffs and obviously how he performed in that last game against the Raiders where he was, you know, the Chargers' best edge rusher in that game. And that game also included Joey Bosa. He also said there is no part of his game that he does not like. And he also loves the player. So just based off of those comments, that's as close to saying from a general manager of saying, I'm definitely going to re-sign this player that you're ever going to get. Right. Yeah, and I mean – he was really good. I think what makes you want to bring him back the most is just how good he was later in the season. Oh, like, yeah. He was he, really coming on. He really started coming on. And, like, he really seemed to be getting a good grasp and bring all the things that Brand Staley wants out of that position, which is getting in the flat and knocking down passes to negate some of that quick passing game, setting a physical edge for the defense. And he can do a better job of that. But towards the end of the season, him in run defense was really, really good. Like, he was yeah. playing very well in run defense, especially in that last game. So I think that's the other thing, David. And also, he was 68 this year in pass rush win rate, which isn't great. I mean, he has to be more consistent. And that's why, you know, if he was having, you know, if he had 10 sacks last year, we wouldn't be having this conversation. At all. The year before that, he was 14th, right? And the year before that, Joey Bosa was number one. This year, Joey Bosa was number eight. So, I mean, Joey Bosa, obviously not the problem. But Uchenin Wosu is still a piece that you feel like you really want back. Right. And I think it's because of the overall toolbox that he brings to the table. I mean, and you really saw that on display as he got more and more comfortable in this defense. You can tell because he was really starting to make impact plays and really starting to help his defense. Uh, And I mean, Chen has always been a good player. I think he's always had that ability, but it's like 
hey, we need to see this throughout the season, not just in spurts. So hopefully he can build off that momentum that he clearly had going into the end of the season and take that uh, and pro- have that propel him going forward. Because if he can really figure it out as a pass rusher, the other elements of his game are very, very exciting. I think he's a very smart football player. I think he's a very physical football player. Uh, like we said, I think he'd really started to, to get in there on, on run run defense as well. So if he can really just figure that out as a pass rusher, this is a player, if you get him on a decent contract, that could far outweigh the value of that deal if he figures it out. Yeah, and I think if you add another pass rusher into the equation, I mean, let's throw a hypothetical out there, a guy who might make his way into the conversation tomorrow, Von Miller. Yes. So you bring in Von Miller, right? And you bring back Kuchenin and Wosu. Yeah, that might be a pretty decent chunk of your free agent budget. I mean, but there's ways to get around it. And like, yeah. I don't think Von Miller would come. I think he'd rather probably stay in LA where they're about to be in the you know conference championship game right now. But at the same time, now you're looking at on pass rushing downs, potentially Joey Bosa lined up over the guard with Von Miller and Kuchenin and Wosu on the outside. <laughs> Jerry Tillery would yes. be good as that fourth guy right there. I mean, anyone oh, yeah. you could, you know, like, if you get something like that, like that's how you become an elite front and someone, you know, that's that's really formidable. And the Chargers defensive front has gotten more, really got more sacks last year. They had 35 this season. They only had 27 the last year under Gus Bradley. The defensive, some of the defensive numbers will look better, but they only had 25 sacks. You know, before that, they had even less than that the season before that. So some things are going up, and they, I mean, they really need to fix the pass rush pressure and, and really add, especially to that front four, get some more talent there because it's going to help everybody out and i think that's the exciting prospect and will really help especially on third downs but yeah we do have one more segment to get into and we have a couple more guys that we haven't got to talk about like kenneth murray who has really struggled so we'll talk about what tom tosco had to say about him and another struggling player in michael davis who he thinks will make another big jump going into next season but first i need to tell you guys about an app that if you don't have already you guys are surely missing out it's the get upside app an app that's helping my listeners save up to 25 cents per gallon every time they go to the gas pump and that's real every time you go to the gas pump you can save up to 25 cents per gallon and that makes it a lot more palatable when you can take some numbers off of that egregious board up there and really help yourself out because some of our listeners are making up to hundreds of dollars a month from the get upside app which you can get on the app store or the google play store if you're especially if you're you know ride share driver if you're a food delivery person you're driving around a lot this is going to save you a lot of money across the street i'm saving a solid 19 to 20 cents Every time I fill up my gas tank and since you guys listen to this show, you can save up to 50 cents on your first fill up when you guys use the promo code to touchdown. That's touchdown all caps. One word. You can take 50 cents off the number you see on that board. That makes it feel a lot better when you use the promo code to touchdown and there's no downside to get upside. You can get the money directly into your bank account. You can get it through PayPal and you can also get it in Amazon and other big gift card brands there's no reason not to get the get upside app guys especially when you can use that promo code touchdown to save up to 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up all right david well now it's time to get into a couple more players that tom Tolesco talked about and last week you know we kind of got into the offensive side of things and i did think it was interesting what he had to say about these players and to just talk about these players as we head into the 2022 season because there's decisions the Chargers are going to have to make and there's just guys who are straight up going to have to be better right but yeah one of those players is Michael Davis, who he did talk about. And it's funny because when you hear Tom Telesco talking about these guys, it's always like they have the stuff that we like with, you know, Jerry Tillery. It's like he has all the tools. We like his length and all that stuff. It's like, well, you still have to go out there and play, right? The, the tools only get you so far. You still have to be able to be, you know, have the technique. 
be disappointed and do all of those things as well. But this is what he had to say about Michael Davis, trying to stay balanced because he made a lot of plays because we were asking about his struggles at the press conference. But I acknowledge his struggles this year. We love his skill set. We love his makeup. By the end of his contract, he was a really good starter in this league, talking about when they brought him in as an undrafted free agent. Change of defense, different things asked of him. He will continue to get better because he has the mindset. He has the worth ethic in the skills, obviously. Long arm, tall, runs very well, and he's athletic. Needs to make changes, and he will with time. So, David, are you buying that you could see a big leap from Michael Davis going into his second year in Brandon Staley's system? Yeah, I'm definitely buying it for sure. I think Michael Davis has shown as as a free as an undrafted free agent his rookie year that he has the capacity to grow year over year. I think he's done that. He's gotten better every year that he was in that same defense that he was in. And I think good, going into a second year in this defense with Brandon Staley, with the coaching staff that hopefully is going to stay mostly consistent, I think uh, he's still young. He's still a very smart player, still a very uh, capable player. So, yeah, I'm definitely buying the fact that we can see a pretty good jump from Michael Davis in year two of this defense. Yeah, I think you have to hope that once he gets more comfortable and knows, you know, where his help is coming from and, you know, when, obviously, to look back for the football, he could get better. I think that's the big thing, though, because that is, you know, a skill for defensive backs. I mean, guys are usually, you know, good at finding the football when it's in the air. They're not. Getting their head back to the quarterback at certain well, We've times. seen him do it before. You know, we've seen we him. We saw do it him before. getting better. Yeah. But that was a problem early in his career and it was a problem late in the year. But I think the nice thing about that is that he was in good position for a lot of those, especially yeah. late in the year. He did seem to be getting the leverages and things like that a little bit better. He just wasn't finding a way to make plays on the football. Right. If he can turn that around, plus, you know, figure some of those things out, like what beat him. I mean, it was Hunter Renfro in that last game. He runs disgusting routes, obviously. So uh-huh. it's only so much yeah. you can hold against him. You hope somebody's a little bit closer than that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think that is something where when he starts to really pick up the nuances of this defense, he'll realize, okay, when we're doing this, I can cheat a little bit here. Like, I can cheat yeah. a little bit more outside because I have help to the inside, right? I can shoot this a little bit faster because I have somebody else that's going to be covering this if I go shoot the flats and go up to make a tackle. Yeah. So I think that's something that could come with time. He's obviously athletic enough. He has shown more of a propensity to go hit people. I think that has to be something he has to get better at is just continuing to get better in run defense. And I think he can, and we've seen him do it. It's just a consistency thing there, but there's no doubt about it, David. They're going to need him to be good because I mean, we already know they need to bring in another corner. Oh yeah. And use, you know, decent resources to do that. Maybe two corners just to, you know, get the kind of depth you need to be good against the kind of offenses that you're going to see in the league. But it starts with Michael Davis and probably Asante Samuel Jr. being good too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you need to get better play out of Michael Davis. But like I said, I'm pretty confident that he's going to be uh, even better going into the second year. And they, the Chargers have premium resources to maybe bring in a, a you know a young corner, you know, maybe a you know a free agent, or they can really add a couple in the draft. I think it's really probably best to add a couple in the draft because we know how expensive really good quality corners are in the NFL. They're getting up there with tackles and quarterbacks as some of the highest paid players at their position or just at any position in the NFL. So I think the best thing to do is try to get some good quality, young, fast corners in the draft, get them on those rookie cost controlled contracts and, you know, cycle them through the fold. I think that's what you need to do. Continue to add talent to those positions that are really changing the game in the NFL. And I mean, it's not like if the Chargers decide to go all out and bring in a big money 
cornerback that I'd be upset with it, right? No. You know what I mean? Like if they decided to push the bag in for it. Yeah, Jason get JC Jackson, like, Jackson, right? Maybe yeah. you know, that's that'd be kind of shocking to see somebody getting paid that much. But like we have seen some of those deals work out. I mean, we have seen the Darrell Revises and people like that be able to move and still yep. be successful in new spots. Devon Gilmore was that way with the Patriots, has done that a couple of times. I mean, we've seen it happen with cornerbacks specifically, changing systems and still being good. Look at Jalen Ramsey, you know, another really good example of that. So sure. that's something that, you know, they could look into as well, just because you can't have enough pieces out there and you just need enough guys to make a play, to pick off a ball, to, you know, break up a ball, do whatever, to stop or slow down some of these offenses that are out there. But one guy that we don't really know where he kind of figures into the plans going forward is Kenneth Murray. But we do know from Tom Telesco that he is going to be an off-ball linebacker because Telesco said, I think he can do some different things, but in the end, he's a linebacker. He had some challenges, but we love his skill set. We love his makeup. Proud of him playing edge for us. So I'm not going to really, like, rip Kenneth Murray for, you know, not being good on the edge because, like, to make that change in the middle of the season. Yeah, that's crazy hard. Pretty much impossible, and I didn't really ever think he was meant for that, you know, anyways. Like, I mean, me and David talked about in the middle of the season where I was just kind of like, I just don't think he's big enough or can shed blocks well enough to consistently play out there on the edge. But even when he was playing linebacker, David, he just wasn't good enough. And that's the hard thing going forward because they still felt like it seemed like they had to play him. Yeah. I mean, and and that's an indictment on the depth that we talked about earlier on in, 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 you know, in the show, I think. I don't know if it's depth though, because like Kazir White and Drew Tranquil, at least to some extent were playing in that last game when they were forcing Kenneth Murray on the field as that dime linebacker, you know? So but I, you also saw a fair share of, you know, Amen Abang Bamiga and also Nick Neiman on the field as well. Uh, I mean, this was not a good year for Kenneth Murray and yes, he had the ankle injuries and he had the issues with COVID, but when he was on the football field, even when he was, supposedly healthy he wasn't really making great strong reads I mean and that's the problem with him I think you got to put him in a position to where he can really read and react and that just comes with being more comfortable in the defense and obviously you can't really be comfortable in the defense if you're not on the football field to do that so I think another year in this system for Kenneth Murray is going to do him good he is a young football player I do like his skill set um went you know in his in his rookie year you saw him do some good things you saw um, him show some aggressiveness. I think that Patriots game, it was probably his best game that he played, although they got blown out. I know that I'm very well aware of it, but we saw some flashes in that game of the linebacker that could make a difference for the Chargers. So if they're able to really unlock that, then hopefully we can get some you know decent play out of a, a first round pick. Yeah, and I think you just have to wonder, like, how long are you going to wait, you know, because he, and I think it's how much of the blame gets spread to where was, how much explosiveness did he lose because he was battling through the ankle injuries or because he was dealing with the effects of COVID or whatever the case is, those are things are hard to quantify, but he just hasn't played well enough. I mean, even his first year, there was a lot of really bad games mixed in there, but at least you saw some progress towards the end of the season. Yeah. Then you switch things up. He said he was never comfortable in Gus Bradley's system. Now it goes into a more complicated system with Brandon Staley and plays worse this year. So was it the ankle? Was it, you know, any of those things? But this year, David, I mean, he had a 1.9% run stop percentage, right? And that's having an effective stop because he makes tackles, right? But are they effective tackles or are they far down the field? 1.9%. That ranks 96th out of 97 linebackers with at least 100 run defense snaps in 2021. That's pretty damn near dead last. Yeah. So, so yeah, that is you combine not that with missing 19.4% of his tackles, you know, 93% completion percentage allowed, a passer rating allowed of 140 plus. 
it's hard, you know, to to keep making the argument for him. I, I know there's one man that's going to be rooting for him above anybody else, and of course, that's the guy who has his name tied to Kenneth Murray. And of course, I'm talking about Tom Telesco. I think it just sucks because even with Kazir White potentially coming back, you know, it still feels like you're a little bit lacking at linebacker. It still feels like you don't really have the explosiveness that some of these other teams have that are really successful. And that's tough when you have five guys, you know, how are you, who are you cutting out of the five guys going into next year? Is one of them going to be the first round pick that you have? I mean, because even last year, like he made a ton of tackles over a hundred tackles. He was still 70th in run stop percentage. So it wasn't like he was a dominant and Ken and Denzel Perriman last year was second in the entire NFL. And that was the guy he was playing next to. So like it, it just hasn't been good enough. And I think that you, Tom Telesco really wasn't going to give anything there, but when you just keep talking about what these guys can do on their tools and things like that, it has to be more than that, David, or it's just not going to get it done. But well, yeah, I mean, you, you can look like a statue, but I mean, you can be a statue of a warrior, but you still got to be able to be the warrior too. Yeah, and yeah, and I mean, he definitely looks the part. You know, he had a ton of explosive plays when he was at Oklahoma. He can be a playmaker if used correctly. It just hasn't translated to the NFL at this point. But Tom Tusker did also talk about the special teams, and he opened up about you know how important punting is, and he talked about SDSU's kicker Matt Ariza, who was like all world punting and kicking and doing everything for them. But he like got like noticeably excited about that, so. Tylon could have some competition, I think, to say the least, especially because it wasn't just him talking about the SDSU, you know, punter. It was also about him just talking about how bad the Chargers punt unit was and their punt return unit. But it, it was interesting. And obviously we're here to kind of translate all the Tom Telesco GM speak into kind of how we're taking everything. But I think we've seen in these playoffs, David, the Chargers need a lot more. So it'll be fun tomorrow to kind of look at what these been happening with these playoff teams and figure out what the Chargers could take away from it and potentially who they could take away from those teams. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to look at that because there's no secret that the Chargers special teams unit, although it got a little bit better this year, it's still nowhere where it needs to be. And like you said, we saw numerous examples in the playoffs why it's extremely important that your third phase is effective. Yeah, ask the Packers. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow about some takeaways from the playoffs and also some players the Chargers could take away from some of these playoff teams. But until then, make sure to subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today. The other way you can always make sure you never miss a show is to follow all of our social media. You can find the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can also find our at Locked On Chargers Instagram page and Locked On Chargers Facebook page. If you guys want to get your voice on the show, the voicemail line is 323-524-7924, and we'll definitely keep getting into those during the offseason, getting into all of our drafting free agency coverage we have coming up for you guys soon. But make sure you guys don't miss it. Follow on all those places, and thank you guys for checking out the show today. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.